right, hello everybody and welcome to Tea with Coco. I am Coco Lake Chanel. I'm joined by two of my favorite people, my sister Aubrey and my brother-in-law Jordan. And they're looking Do we at say their hello? little little girl Tilly on the Angel Eye camera. She's sleeping. She's going to be one of the main topics that we talk about today because she's just awesome. Um, but they had a really unique experience that I thought would be so cool to share with you guys, which is how to react to a life-changing bit of news. An unimaginable, never in a million years, something that turns your complete life upside down as Aubrey holsters a water gun trying to train a new cat. So we may hear some uh, interesting, uh, interesting stuff today. <laughs> um, so, Aubrey, Jordan, mm -hmm. welcome to Thanks. the podcast. This is your first podcast with me, or yeah. ever, with me, ever. Yeah, ever? Ever, ever. We'll say ever. <laughs> um, so, I wanted to kind of go through, I know we talked about like five stages of grief, which obviously we're not grieving, but I wanted to go through kind of like what I had identified as like five stages of questions I had for you guys. Jordan's miming that he thinks I'm, he's going to get another drink. Drinking is encouraged on the pod. <laughs> I, was just trying to I hardly ever do this sober, you guys. I think that's clear from my boss. <laughs> from the topics, at least. Last, last pod I ended with a legitimately a recipe for a gin cocktail. Like, there's no holding back here. That was when I invented for my birthday. Um, so I want to kind of talk through your story on what happened and how you guys, you know, I think did a really baller job of dealing with something that is like unimaginable and crazy and life altering and all of those things. I don't deal with those things particularly well. Uh, so I thought it might be good to have some people that did come on the pod and talk to us a little bit. So, welcome. How are you guys feeling tonight? Good. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> but like most of our life, it's been tired. Yeah. <laughs> Your life has been tired. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the past three years since Tabo was, you know, born, I get you. Um, so, I will start with a little bit of background. Um, we're a year ago, a year and six months ago, Thirteen months. Thirteen months ago. Um, you guys were living in Lesotho, which is a small country inside of South Africa, with your, at that point, one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old, one one um, Nathan Tabo. Speaking of which, I gotta go deal with Paul. So we have to deal with the Tabo. He's back in bed. He's back in bed. Everyone with, has with gotten a, a drink. Water. Everybody's gotten a refill. Including my two-year-old. Including <laughs> His water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, yeah, I don't remember where we were, but I think I was saying that you guys lived in South Africa uh, with Nathan Tabo, with Will Sutu, mm -hmm. uh, and you were working for a company there that is part of the State Department funded programs, right? It's not a company, uh, but well, yeah. a nonprofit. It, nope, mm -hmm. I'm working directly for the U.S. government. PEPFAR. Yep, so it's right. like a five government agency program. So the opposite of an NGO. <laughs> well, we 
give money to NGOs. Just, they're, they're, they're what we're like able to be NGOs in a lot of ways. But anyway, helping manage HIV/AIDS programs. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. And malaria, right? No, not in Lesotho. There's not no malaria. In okay. Well, there. Yes, but in places there. But you, far doesn't do malaria, but there's a similar project called the President's Malaria Initiative that does malaria yeah, exactly. in countries where there is malaria. So mostly or exclusively HIV? Exclusively HIV for what I did. Okay. Did you ever think about using the condom man that we saw in Thailand? Um, pretty sure that PEPFAR Thailand probably works with them. Because <laughs> that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. A superhero made of condoms. Hey, anything to promote He might be a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less exactly. unprotected sex. <laughs> Who cares? How? We actually had a campaign called Olakativa, which is like take off the hat, and it was this like cartoon condom removing a top hat that was supposed to promote circumcision. And by cartoon condom, she's being very generous. A, a it was a penis. penis. <laughs> okay. well, but like, it yeah. was a penis. Let's be clear. <laughs> it was on billboards, so sometimes. <laughs> there was an actual thing in Cameroon where people like believed in witchcraft, and they believed that like people stole your penis and replaced it with a smaller penis, and like that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Anyway, you need to pay money to Nigeria to get it back. You know. Yeah, Nigerian <laughs> prince, <Nigerian laughs> prince stole your penis. <laughs> I mean, you know, scams exist all over the world. <laughs> I will give you three million dollars if you give me two thousand dollars. That's the Nigerian scam. I give Nigeria, you, you give me two thousand dollars, I'll give you your fucking big penis back. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh this is why my podcast is explicit. <laughs> um, okay, so you were. There and you actually got promoted from deputy to the director while Tabo was and you guys were living there when he was like four or five months old. I interviewed for the promotion when Nate was like nine days old. Yeah, that's what I thought. I remember talking to you about it. She come to a doctor's appointment so she could. <laughs> Nate, Nate, and Jordan went to Nate's first circumcision appointment. <laughs> While I did a job so he interview. he took the top hat off, is what yes. you're Yes. <laughs> okay. We removed the top hat. Oh, poor Nate. Forgive us for this when you're older. <laughs> we love you. Um, so, and you had 35% less chance of getting South Africa and Victoria, yeah. right? Yep. So you had, you know, your first baby in South Africa, brought, you know, him back home to Lesotho and was living there, um, and then found out you were pregnant with baby number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would also like to say that I am three for three calling genders on every child that has come into this world from my siblings. Three for three. If anybody wants to contact me, yeah. if you wanted the gender of your baby, apparently I can Broken clocks, tw- right I twice a day. Well, <laughs> I'm three for three. Statistics getting up there. <laughs> um, and that's when you found out you were pregnant with Tilly. And is that the laundry? Yeah. Oh, good. The monster won't come back. We might, maybe LG will sue us for using there. <laughs> that is copyright. <laughs> so then I saw you guys in December for an amazing Christmas, and which maybe the discussion of your future pod depends on how much I drink. Um, I don't want to talk about that. And you were, <laughs> you were, what, six months? No, five months pregnant at that point. Four, I, yeah, between three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you came to the United States with with Nate, and then you guys went back in January, 
and then February 15th happened. So talk to me about hearing the news. Talk to me about February 15th. We had a normal appointment. We were going to go see, do, what is what was it called? We were going to a fetal assessment fetal center. Fetal assessment center, that's it. Which was not... Our normal OBGYN, not like the person that had delivered Nate or the person that had... Like, so it was our done a lot of all of the follow or all the pre appointments for Tilly. Yeah, it was our tw- um, like twenty week um, anatomy scan. So like very common in pregnancy, right at the midpoint, yeah. you have like a full anatomy scan where they do um, like really in depth measurements of everything um, on the baby. Um, and we hadn't had that done with Nate because we were going to um, like a smaller city OBGYN, and he retired about a month before Nate was born. And we knew we were always delivering up in Pretoria, so we switched to the doctor. Um, her name was Dr. Bacher, who delivered Nate, um, and she became my primary OBGYN for Tilly's pregnancy. Because she was great. Um, and she's great, and we <laughs> had a great relationship with her. Yeah, exactly. Have a great relationship with her. We just don't get to see her anymore. But, um, but she had referred us to like this other hospital in Pretoria where they had a fancy fetal assessment center. And it was because of some... There was a vanishing twin initially with Tilly's pregnancy. And so all of the, like, initial diagnostic tests that they do with the blood work of the mother, which are, like, new, right? From far as I know. So, like, the really fancy ones are more new, like your panorama, your harmony. But they were going to do those for us. Yeah, yeah. So they were going to send send some to California for us or something like that. It's because I was considered geriatric in South Africa. Oh, yeah. You were 33. Because I was over 30 or 31 yeah, or 32. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. They were going to take care of it before insurance was going to cover it. We didn't even care. Oh, my God. That's um, amazing. But it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah, because of the whole. But the vanishing twin, like, negates yes. those blood tests. Because they would so pick she, up things from a twin that, you know, was done after, what, seven weeks or something, they said. And vanishing twin is when the, like, one fetus, like, exhumes, like, all of the. Or the other one just doesn't way. get enough. And like just whatever. falls away. That's yeah. what happened to my twin. It, yeah. like, never developed into a second. Like, there was right. never two viable pregnancies. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, we basically had one miscarriage and one pregnancy. Right. Exactly. Just so simultaneous. Right. But at the same time. I also equate that to the reason I have so much personality. So, I think we have all... So, he's also a Gemini, so... Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, I think it's perfect. That's, that's <laughs> a little weird. Oh, I don't believe in that crap. It's a little right. weird. But it's a little weird. <laughs> all right, so that was the... So, if you had not been, quote, geriatric... <laughs> Would you have had this test? So if... <laughs> <laughs> so if, so if, if Tilly hadn't had a vanishing twin, we wouldn't have had this test. So if the age is why we would have had, like, fancy blood work. But, like, the fact that we couldn't do that fancy blood work because of the vanishing twin. So we only ended up at, like, this, assess, this fetal assessment center because of the vanishing twin. Interesting. I mean, again, like... Yeah. It's like a calamity of errors that led us there. Yeah. yeah. Um, or a good circumstance. Yeah, it was well, kind like of... We a, almost uh, didn't go because it was a pain in the ass to schedule these visits. They're in South Africa. They're only Monday to Friday. We both have full-time jobs and work. So we always tried to schedule them for Friday because that was like a short half day on the embassy. Mm-hmm. And we could leave Thursday after work. And like only both... Both Jordan and I only had half day Fridays. So mm-hmm. we could only take off like a short amount of time. Gotcha. To go to these appointments. Like, we almost didn't even go because what was the point? All the other blood tests were fine. And yeah. Dr. Bacher could just do a regular anatomy scan. Yeah, exactly. But we were like, well, you know. We should do our due diligence, right? Yeah. So, it's not like we're paying out of pocket, you know. So. 
whatever. But it was that lady whose name I've definitely blocked from my head um, who gave us the diagnosis. And how did she know? Like, what did she say to you guys? So she was doing an in-depth ultrasound, and I'm sitting in the other room with Nate, and he's playing, and we're just trying, I'm trying to keep him entertained while she's getting an ultrasound, and like through the door, and I get a call from Aubrey, and she goes, Jordan, get in here, something's wrong. And I'm like, immediately in my heart, it's just in my feet, and I like grab Nate, and I just hold him, he's trying to get down. When she's like, do you think the, he would go sit with the receptionist? And no. <laughs> yeah. I was no. like, no, that's probably not going to so he was in the room with you guys. So he yeah. just like sat up there with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically like I knew she was spending a lot of time by Tilly's heart. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, is there something wrong with her heart? And she's like, no, the heart's fine. Um, and then, I mean, when she gave us the diagnosis and used the term congenital mm-hmm. diaphragmatic hernia, none of us knew what that was. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, and she was basically like, there's a hole in the diaphragm and there's a lot of stuff up where the lung should be that shouldn't be there. Yeah. So I can't see one of the lungs or whatever. I don't know. To be frank, she didn't, this was not a terribly long appointment. No. Half an hour, start to finish. Change your whole life. And given. I mean, mean, she was able to diagnose it. I mean, once again. I mean, I think the reason it wasn't a particularly long appointment is that we got, like, some conflicting information from her initially on, like, the severity. Mm -hmm. She had... I don't think she necessarily knew. I don't think she could get it from the test she was doing. Yeah, exactly. We later had had an entire day of very in-depth tests that gave us, like, more information. But um, Mm -hmm. in South Africa, she was basically just, like you should schedule a termination. You can do an amniocentesis if you want to, which but, is, she's like, if it would make you feel better about terminating it, but you should just schedule a termination. These babies aren't viable, basically. This like baby's going to die. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we heard. And so we left. Still from a condition we literally had never heard of. And so from there we left, and we had a follow-up when we called and asked to go straight to... Dr. Bacher. Our regular OBGYN. Um, who then called the fetal assessment center, got all this information. Like a lot by the of time things we got there, <laughs> by the time we got to her, she had gotten all the information, um, had looked at it, and we were in to see her within an hour. She'd seen the pictures that had just been yeah. taken. Yeah, and all the report and everything. Gotcha. So she, um, we, like, like we didn't even do it. So we just went yeah. to her office and sat down to talk. Um, so, but on the drive, the what? Less than 10 minute drive from that hospital? Like 15 minute, maybe at most. Yeah. Yeah. Real close. Jordan and I were, were just basically like, we need to go back to the United States. I mean, what's your first instinct in this situation yeah. like that? It's like, um, we need to go well, to But I'm not terminating a pregnancy for something I don't even, I've never heard of without a, a lot more conversations. With like doctors that are... More tests, more, more understanding. Tests and more, like from a top level children's hospital. Like there's, I know that in the United States there's people that would do I know there's in other places there's people that deal with this, but there's not someone that's going to be dealing South Africa has a terrific healthcare system compared to the majority of countries out there. They We had a wonderful labor and delivery and like and this child goes, care experience or prenatal care experience there with Nate. This goes to like as soon as we go to Dr. Bacher's office, she calls the pediatrician and everything, and the pediatrician there goes like, honestly, this condition, there's two places to go. You gotta go to the States or you gotta go to Belgium. And that's the only place that they do this. Right. And so it's like it's one of those conditions like He was the first person who mentioned CHOP. 
Yeah, and he, Will was, Chop is... Yeah, Dr. Snyman, he was like the... He well, was like, if, if you were my patient and you were South African, I would tell you to try to go to Chop or to this hospital place in, Belgium. in Belgium. I don't know. Come um, to find out there's a couple other places in the United States that are fairly well equipped for it. But, but basically, like, from conferences he'd attended that ever talked about um, This was CDH. a great pediatrician. He was, yeah. like, really well-renowned Pretoria he called a bunch of colleagues yeah. in like Cape Town great, and yeah. Pretoria quickly for us. And yeah. it's basically like everyone. He looked at Nate and everything. He'd, yeah. He had one appointment with Nate. Nate was healthy as a horse, though. So it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he was like, uh, he looks huge. Not failing to fr- thrive. Go. <laughs> Raise this baby. So it's and then, so that's I mean, all honestly, I mean, Tilly, yeah. once she was... This was like, so. with like a 9.30 appointment at the first hospital by 11. We were with Bakker, and then the embassy health unit... We get all this information. We called the embassy health unit. Closed at 12.30. We got there at like 12.15, and they took us. And the, like, that day, they started the paperwork to like medically evacuate us to the United States. Yep. Um, the doctor there, the head of the medical unit there, basically just... There was no middle ground. He just took us right into his office. was like, I agree with Dr. Snyman. This is what's got to happen. You guys got to go to Philadelphia. So everybody was accommodating in terms of like... I mean, there was some other paperwork to be done, but he's like, I'm not going to really... Like, he basically assured us, like, don't worry. We're going to get you to Philadelphia. But no, every, like people stayed late. People worked yeah. quickly. People made phone calls. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he everyone, was like, was, yeah. everyone we dealt with in South Africa on the embassy, etc., was amazing. Very I cool. mean, and even even stateside. And I mean, this all ends up going stateside for state med to cover in the Washington side, who then liaisons with George Washington or not George, uh, Georgetown Ho- University Hospital, who then looks at the information and goes, "Yep, they did the job. They got all the paperwork." I think they got all. I mean, this is sort of paperwork that when you're dealing with the government, you're expecting <laughs> six weeks, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and it got done in. Two days, three days. So had to have been because the next Thursday yeah. we had our phone call with Chop. The next Sunday we were on a plane, and Nate and I haven't been back. Ten days later, from ten days we from were, diagnosis, yeah. we were all on a plane. So when you get home from that first appointment and like or and second appointment subsequently, and the embassy visit, and you drive then back to your house in Lesotho. No, we went back. We were staying one more night in Pretoria. So yes. you were in Pretoria. Yeah. So like. How do you start planning for something that you can't plan for like this? Like, how do you start that process? Well, I mean, I think at that point we were we're fairly capable travelers. Christ sakes, we moved well. to the too. Um, but like, it, it was a lot of like we're gonna pack our six bags and we're gonna go to the United States and they're gonna fix this. And we know we had a different situation. We had support. You know, the U.S. government was like, "You're on Medivac. Find a place within this." Realm. So find a place, you mean find an apartment that was furnished, that's the furnished place mm-hmm. that you found close to the hospital. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're supporting us for a certain period of time. Like, did you guys so start we, like what was the whole process of like what the things that you need to like walk off the plane and be able to get into the hospital and start taking care of this? Two bedrooms, a bathroom. <laughs> No, I mean, no one gave us, like, a checklist. No. Um, but, like, how do you start thinking about those things when you're dealing we with, were, like, the emotional... And maybe Aubrey's really good at not dealing with the emotional, so maybe, Jordan, how did you... Do I don't that? think we were yet. I don't think... There was no were, processing of emotional at that point. Yet. It was all, like, we need... There's only solving the problem. There's nothing else to be done other than 
getting these appointments done that then you, know, you start researching they're like you know the important appointments for a lot of uh, her, uh, diaphragmic hernia cases is like 23 24 weeks okay we have a few weeks to get to these appointments and set them up and everything we also have the US government leveraging uh, helping us you know help get these appointments and stuff like a little different when like hey I'm calling from state med and you need to get an appointment for this US employee here right, right. now um I mean, that and also Tilly's condition was one that Chop would have immediately made sure they were taken care of. And so, I how mean, would so you react to a Chop then from like them? You're the doctor Schneider, right? Snyman. 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 was great South African. Really great Afrikaner name that's yeah. impossible to pronounce and it looks is. nothing like the way it's spelled. It's like <laughs> almost like Dutch German, but like with a hint of what the fuck. Um, that's Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so from him being like chop is the place to go to you guys meeting eventually Dr. Holly um, and talking to her on the phone I'm assuming at first no we talked no. to like a coordinator for the fetal assessment center at chop on like Thursday afternoon so like less six days after we got the diagnosis <laughs> and then we got an appointment for that Tuesday at actual shop at the fetal Because we were leaving center. Sunday. We were laying in Monday. We were going and in to get... And then at 6 a.m. on Tuesday, we had to report to shop. They were like, are you sure you can do that? And we were like, listen, we're going to be not sleeping anyway because we just came out across the damn planet, so... <laughs> I mean, there's six days in between, like, are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you packing? Are you... I'm mostly eating... in the bottom of the shower? Mostly eating the Girl Scout cookies that we had bought online and had shipped to us. <laughs> um, okay. Stress eating completely, drinking entirely too much. I'm, I mean, you get to I have that, to. Right? I have to get rid of this beer, um, and then, and of course, trying to make sure Aubrey's eating. But then you were already throwing up all the time with Tilly during Aubrey's. Anyway, more than anything, it was just trying to keep you stopping from throwing up, which was terrible. Um, but I don't even remember it. It's a blur. I do remember the Girl Scout cookies because we bought a bunch of. We were at I one think p- I just brought them to work. Oh, there was a point where I ate like a whole box of Samoas in a day. Yeah. So you brought them to hide him? For hide them no, I think, like, them? just to We get bought rid of... ten boxes of Girl yeah, Scout cookies no. three days beforehand. So what were you doing during that? So I remember we had to, I had to, like, get everything set up with work to build a telework. Well, it was always the work stuff, yeah. So I had to deal with that. Um, Which were super accommodating. It was, I mean, on no, both of ours. Everyone yeah. was great, but yeah. one of those days was a federal holiday. Oh, that's right. The Monday we came back, it was, um... I can't remember what... But yet... President's Day. It must yeah. have been President's Day because it was right in the middle of fe- yeah, 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 it would have yeah, 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 been. So, uh, yeah, the Monday wasn't a work day. And, like, um, I think, like, one of my most shocking things was, like, something got done for us on that day. Like, the doctor in Pretoria, like, insisted that this, like, paperwork get finished in his side. So he, like, made people do it in Pretoria and get it to so that it would start Monday, Tuesday morning first thing mm-hmm. when people showed up. I mean, it just shows the commitment of these people that, like, honestly, what, I mean, when you say, oh, the government helped us, no, people are the government, right? Well, <laughs> the government yeah, is not course. some amorphous entity. These are people that decided that this needed to happen like this, so, and that's the sort of example of why we got out in 10 days and got this appointment literally less than two weeks from when we got the diagnosis. And when you guys, like, heard the news on the 15th, <laughs> okay. Across the world. Nate was with you at that mm-hmm. point. 
in the in the room hearing all of that and then talk through I mean you I can say that you sent us all a text message mm-hmm. so how did you talk to Nate about post you know being in the room with you and then how did you guys decide to like talk to the family about what was going on and you know why did you do it the way you did I mean so with Nate Nate was 18 months old so it was like so it was like, you know how mommy's having a baby. Yeah. I mean, and Nate mm-hmm. wasn't really talking at this point because he's 18 months old. And right. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know how mommy's having a baby. Well, you know, we just went to the doctor and, you know, you watch the pictures of the baby with mommy. Well, they found that there's something wrong with the baby, so we need to go to a special doctor. I mean, I think yeah. it was literally that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very we travel. We traveled a lot with Nate. Yeah. He understood so going to, go to the to States. Yeah. He understood, like, we were away from family, but we lived here, and, like, that was our, like, it was, it was understandable. Like, I don't think yeah. it was unreasonable either. But, yeah, I mean. How we did just, you tell me, Cece? Um, by crying a lot. Uh, well. You told Cece. I did. I mean, I couldn't keep it together. It didn't. I mean, she's, that's one of the things that kills me the most. She was wonderful. She loved that little boy. Uh, and. His best friend. I know Bryce and Cece. <laughs> All day they'd play together. Yeah. She was really good. He was gonna go. To, he was gonna go to like a little Montessori school, and Macy's was gonna pick him up. Dude, don't. He was gonna take Cece. his cozy coupon home. It was gonna be adorable. At one point, we're doing a podcast about Macy's dog, and I just want you to tell that entire story. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> just setting that up for a future podcast. May Cece, don't fuck with May Cece. It'll be a solid, like, 15-minute <laughs> podcast. That's it. Yeah. But, like, it'll be really good. It's really worth it. It's a great story. Wait, wait, wait. That's, a, that's all we'll talk about. Here. So. We'll go down a wormhole. <laughs> May Cece's bad-acidness. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, then you decided to craft a message to both sets of your parents and siblings. I don't even remember everybody. That's what we decided we were telling. We were like, it's the parents and the siblings. It's the immediate family, and we don't have time for anyone else. So we sent, we like crafted a message, sent it to, and that's not true. We sent it to our parents, siblings, and then you sent it to, I think, Greg and I sent it to Shannon. Yeah. I think like that is where it ended. Just like our closest friends, just so that we knew that. People that we stay in touch with enough that they'd be like, why are you in America? <laughs> yeah. Without knowing. Um, we try not to but come back to America without telling everyone. we didn't a ton of information everyone. to begin with anyway. We didn't know, yeah. So I we mean, like, basically told everyone, like, what we learned and that we were going back to the States and we think we were going to Philadelphia. So you didn't have plane tickets at that point? You were just like... We didn't get plane tickets till like, Friday, but... um. We knew we were going to going to get plane tickets, but um, another, you know, part of the human side of it, yeah. where travel agents staying late on Friday to make sure that we yeah. got these plane tickets to get out on Sunday. I mean, Way there's a lot of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really. I mean, really, it was, and it was people's humanity that literally made them do this for us, and I'll I'll never forget that. I think it's just made me a better person in that right. Just to be like, we have to do things for people because they need it sometimes. I, I <laughs> they mean, just need it sometimes. I agree. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, 
children are one of the things that everyone like universally hopefully like just has immediate sympathy mm-hmm. empathy for and like it's you know you just can't stop hearing it um so how do you pack and how do you get stuff together for you said and i know you talked to me about this before like you had a very good inkling you were getting on that plane and not coming back to your house that you had lived in for i knew there years. was a damn good chance right i mean mm-hmm. So like, I, I had no idea. Well, I mean, at that point, you know what, if it comes yeah. down to it, you might have to choose your baby or coming back here, you know what the answer to well, that, right? And so, 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 so is that, yeah. you know that that's always there. Like, right? how did like, you make arrangements for Bryce and your cat, your dog and your cats? I guess I shouldn't use their name because people are like, who the fuck is Bryce? Like, your dog and, and your cats and, like, all of that, like, and what was the thought process on, like, how we're going to make all of this happen and do it within a week? I mean, luckily we lived in a place that was a little bit isolated. People traveled a lot. We knew that we could have some people watch our pets and like... People offered. Offered. Well, and people also, the humanity side of it all, people were immediately offering. People that had never taken care of our pets were like, well, just let me know. You know, I'll take them. I'll just take them. I'll just take them. Yeah. And, you know, and we utilized that and... It just, we couldn't, like you couldn't hesitate accepting help. Yeah, you weren't in a position to, but you weren't in a position to. You You know, and it's one of those things that, you know, people always tell you, you know, don't be strong. If people offer help, accept it. Yes, that's very true. But there are situations where that becomes apparent, and then that advice goes right to the front of your head. And this was one of them. Like at first, like there was a point where we were talking pretty early on there was like we just can't say no to people trying to help us yeah. like if they want to do anything for us we need to say yes because we need <laughs> we fucking need the help so like we had people who <laughs> took our car keys and made sure like that they drove our cars to keep them from yeah. like rusting in right or going yeah. yeah and it was just like, like we needed that people needed. who took the cats people who took the dog um and then like backups down the line and they coordinated amongst themselves and left us out of it they knew we had way too much to worry about a lot else to deal with um so yeah Mm -hmm. um i mean we so we got back from pretoria on i guess saturday morning and Mm -hmm. we were gonna stay through sunday Sunday. we were gonna leave sunday and we left early because we just were like we need to get back home well i was like we yeah we need to pack we need to get ready for this like that I guess that that Monday was a federal holiday, maybe that day. We had a big party at the ambassador's house because one of our dear friend's husbands had just gotten his American citizenship. Yeah. And so yeah. we like went to this party, not because we were in a party mood, but because we were like, okay, well... What, what the hell else are we doing? We're going to go. We'll just let every... I mean, not to like down, down the party, yeah, yeah. but like we'll be like, we're going back to the States. And that's how we Gotta tell someone somehow. You know, like, probably so, better to do it in person at a place where you can uh, be a little more relaxed. So. so at that party, it was a nice chance to literally tell our entire community of friends. Yeah. and Who were our family there? Friends. I mean, yeah. like, like yeah, we're saying, yeah. like, you guys, like, who did you ask? And, like, well, it wasn't like asking, like, some random person to watch our dog. Like, we didn't like, ask anyone. People. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah or, like, yeah. whatever. Like, it was just like, yeah, we're, I'm already coming to get him. You realize that. Like, it yeah. was... Then that's how it ended up being a place like Lesotho. Yeah. Like, you had to support each other and create your create your own community because you didn't have... And what about your managers, like, in your jobs? Like, how did you have those discussions? Yeah, man, that was hard. I mean, 
I had told my principal pretty early on that Aubrey was pregnant, mostly just to, like between him and me so that he knew that I would have appointments like we had, like I took that Friday off and stuff. Right. Um, and so like I was like, like after this appointment, my whole thing was like, I'm just going to start telling people like, cause this is like, we had our fetal assessment. Everything's going great. Cause that's what we expected to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think I just texted him, WhatsApp, whatever we said. And, uh, just was like, I'm going to need to talk to you Monday morning. Because I went back to work Monday morning. Because right? yeah, I, I didn't have presents. Like, I need to talk to you Monday about, yeah, about the appointment and stuff. Was that the first person that you talked to about, like, verbally outside of Aubrey and me? I think that was after the party. It was a party was Sunday. I guess. Because people had kids. Yeah. Or, but, yes, I mean, essentially, like, one-on-one. And, uh, I mean, he was super supportive, though. I mean... Just like everyone was, and just, like, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I don't know if I'm going to be back next year. I don't know when I'll be back this year. I mean, like, it seems like a good bet that the year's done, you know. Uh, and this was February. If I do come back to finish the year, it probably means I'm not coming back next year. It probably means I'm coming back because I feel like I need to finish the school year, and it's not like I'm helping with growing the baby in the first place. Um, like we knew when Aubrey got the diagnosis that it's not one of those things that creates prematurity or anything. Like, like you're not going to like have the baby early. It's going to come when like at a normal schedule and then you're going to deal with it then. Um, so. Who was the first person to actually explain to you what this meant in a like short term and long term? Tuesday afternoon when we finished all our appointments, essentially we met with everyone, right? So, I mean, yeah, at CHOP, we got the very long, detailed, like, Tilly specifics. We, the day, Friday, the day we got the diagnosis on the 15th, we, at some point I remember we went to, like, the big mall in Johannesburg because we needed to feed Nate. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, sitting in the food court trying to get him to eat something and texted some of our friends who are doctors at... Texas children mm-hmm. um, and we're basically like so we just had this appointment we got this news yeah I don't even know anything about it yeah whatever um, and they were the first people mm-hmm. who we talked to who'd literally ever heard of a congenital diaphragmatic hernia and we'd be like you need to get back to the states this does not have to be a death sentence like we can like help babies like this here like it's serious but like you need to just just get to the United States yeah, um, and that's when we were like, we knew, and we knew that we knew we had like, the right instinct that yeah. was like, we go back to the states. But that had to be at least a little bit good because your first appointment, they're like schedule a termination, and you know, yeah. then you slowly walk your way back from that to like, this is this is hard, but I mean we can deal with it. So and that's all within a, a day, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, our friends were basically, like, we didn't have any information about Tilly's specifics, really. Like, um, none. They started asking questions. They were like, what's this? What's this? What's this? And we were like, <laughs> yeah, not, none of that. Of, like, severity, and we didn't really have any of yeah. that at the time. Um, but even the first appointment at CHOP, when we had all the testing, they did have to offer termination as an option to us. 
Yeah. And we were too late in Pennsylvania, I think, but New Jersey, we could, we could go to New Jersey. Like 26 weeks. 26. Weeks. It was 24 weeks was too early because in because you need to yeah. wait a week in Pennsylvania, know. but in New Jersey. Um, but they made it clear when we were at CHOP, they offered that as an option, but they made it clear that... Because they like, had to. Because I mean, they, they had to. They made it clear, like, they were going to... Like, they and don't... Holly literally said the meeting, like... We don't... But we save these babies. We, we say, yeah, we don't... We, we save, save these babies. babies. We do not... Like, yeah. yes, there's a chance she may not make it, but we save them. Like, these are the babies that we can save. Dr. There's Holly, one, fucking rock star. Yeah. <laughs> she... I mean, and they made that clear. Like, the, her case was on the cusp of some of the most severe cases they, they could save. They were not unclear about that. They said that she's on the moderate to severe range, which means, like, like once you're in severe, it's like, we'll, we, will, we will make sure we do our best, but there's going to be a point where we know this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. That little bit of moderate is what basically was like. But they also made it clear that, like, any guess they could make prenatal they wouldn't know anything until she was born yeah yeah i mean it is it. one of those things where yeah. like you don't know what's going to happen until it happens but mm-hmm. yeah they there there is a point where when they're doing prenatal scans they will i'm guessing with some cdh babies that they'll just be like this is not going to happen and she was right there at the cusp but she I proved this that was a hard fighting. meeting this yeah, <laughs> yeah. I that's, mean, that's true. So going back to you telling your manager, Aubrey, what was that conversation with your manager like when you're, you know, obviously sitting here pregnant with them or on the phone? It's a woman that was your manager, if I remember correctly. No. So <laughs> my manager <laughs> was is the deputy chief of mission at the embassy. Um, so it was a guy named Dan. Um, and so I basically, I mean, he knew from so it was very difficult because we know all these people socially and all these people professionally. Yeah. So he you're talking, knew you're talking about a community of like 20 people. It's <laughs> such a small group like yeah. of 20 to 30 adults like yeah. that and with their children. Like that's it, you know, like so. So he knew, but then I made an appointment and basically was like, here's the situation. I'm going to this appointment. I will not be back until after this baby is born. And I'm done with maternity leave if I come back. And he was like, great, you can telework before the baby's born. And then we'll have all the memos and like documentation ready for you to telework after if you need to, if you need to be like be in the States longer. So not even a question. No. Just like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll actually say that was one of like his managing strengths was he was like, people are first. That's all that matters. I thought you were going to tell someone that had a son that had special needs. Am I like a crazy person? This is Rebecca? No. She has like a boy that was like 10 or something. Did I like have a dream conversation yes. with myself? <laughs> I was like, I've literally Most never likely. had a manager. I have no, I have no, I'm trying oh to think of who you're oh. talking about. I have no clue. Oh my gosh. I would have like, I remember this conversation that you and no. I had. Oh God, I hope Charles doesn't listen to this. <laughs> this is so much ammo to be like, this never happened. This is about, <laughs> Damn it. Keep your mouth shut, go go. No. She was, like, telling you that, like, you had to resign from this post? No one ever said that. No. What the? Okay. No. It's a dude named Dan. He was awesome. Is he gay? 
No. Damn it. I have no legs to stand on. <laughs> okay. So moving on from that, that might get cut from the podcast. <laughs> Listen, if you cut your own innocent from a podcast, you're lying to the American public. <laughs> I was like, no, nope. Okay, that was the beer crack. I'll leave, sure I'll leave that in. Okay, so you and Nate and Jordan all get on a plane with your six suitcases and get to your apartment. And God, six suitcases. Courtney, six suitcases plus one carry or a, a item that could be your um, your car seat. So we had seven <laughs> bags. God, Nate would love that right now. He would make you guys count those suitcases like three times. <laughs> Uh, so right let me tell you how you carry seven bags and a toddler into an airport. Doesn't you don't. Do you <laughs> get people to help you. <laughs> in Cameroon, you like made a snake yeah. noise like that, and like a small child would appear. You do something similar in South Africa, but it's much easier. You just be white. Oh, you just awesome. hold up a rand. <laughs> hold money up and be white. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Their economy's based. Okay, so. You get there, you've met with the chop people, and, like, you're working, you're teleworking, and then, like, Jordan, at some point, you decide to go back, and you're still pregnant. That's when I came to visit you for the first time. Yeah, so I went back to finish the school year, um, which was a hard decision, but something I felt like I owed to the school there. It also gave us a chance to prepare ourselves for what we thought was, at that point, a fairly inevitable... That you were going to stay in the United States. Like, I prepped everything there. Like I also went back for, like, ten days at some point to do the pack-out. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I, it was an easier time because I knew that was probably going to happen. Was it a cookie? Well, at some point... Not really... Soon after Tilly was born, for sure, I think we became really clear that the only way we were going back to Lesotho was if Tilly died. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it was a hard reality to think about a lot, um, but also one of those things that, like... We didn't spend a did, lot of time talking about Yeah, you about don't it address it until it needs to be addressed, But, right? like, we acknowledged it between the two of us, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's not a good thing to say out loud. Like, no. So, yeah, so, where were we at? Basically, like, setting up life here in the United States in a halfway apartment with you going back to finish the school year. So I go back to finish the school year, and that seems fairly good. I mean, Nate's granddad's here. He's helping take care of him. So I had the opportunity to do it. If... It wasn't such where he couldn't have been there. I wouldn't have never gone. But I was like, you know, Aubrey's here. She is very pregnant, but she also has Nate's grandfather here to be able to take care of him. It'll be great. So I go do it. And actually, it turns out great. I probably would never do it again. Mostly just because I didn't realize how hard it would be to be away from my family for... Nine there's weeks. a Yeah, nine weeks. There, there was a point around three to four weeks where you just go, I can't do this anymore. Um... I'd never done it before, um, so in retrospect, if I needed to ever do something along those lines again, I could give a month, and then I can't give anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
struggled through, and we made through that, and then I get back, and until he, until he's born. Yeah, you got back at like the end, right before Nate's birthday. Yeah. yeah. I came to visit you right before that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. came like in the beginning of May. Jordan yeah. came back at the end of May. Mm-hmm. Nate's birthday was being in June. Tilly was born mid-June. Yeah. So, it happens. She's born. She's here. You're dealing with now the second part that you've been preparing for for the last four months, five months, of, you know... All of, did you have any idea of what the type of ups and downs and like in the amount of medical knowledge and you can't people have told us people keep saying the ups and downs there's gonna be lots of ups and downs just ride the highs and try to forget the lows like it'll get better and that people tell you that and then and people say oh you know we're talking about this and this and this but like by the end of it you'll understand it much better than you think you will and now we look back at it we're like oh yeah of course we do makes perfect sense. <laughs> but you, you can't true. have so any you, but idea. But in the moment, yeah. I mean... You're clueless. You can try your hardest to prepare, but to be honest, that's an experience that, like, there's nothing else really like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So... Especially when you have very little power over the situation. Exactly. Any yeah. type of sickness. Like, I mean, nothing ever really prepares you for the first time that you see your daughter almost die. And then, miraculously not. Because that also has a impact. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, there's, there's like, things you can't unsee or unhear from back yeah. there. In the, both the positive and the negative. I mean, I guess the negative probably sticks with you a little worse, but, like... That's human nature. But, yeah, that's just human nature. But the, the truth is, is that I remember a lot of the positives as well, you know? Yeah. So. Well, what would you tell yourselves at the beginning of, like, Tilly's born, if you guys could go back, she's eight and a half, almost nine months old now, what would you go back and tell yourselves when she was born to, like, help with any of this in any way? She's going to survive. Oh, well, <laughs> to help She's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I wish that too, Crystal Ball. But yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if you could say anything. Is there anything you guys did or didn't do that you're like, this made it better? I wish we hadn't done, you know, this, anything like that, that would have, like, I think the Ronald McDonald house was obviously a really big help to you guys. Yeah, and well, moved into that when, how old was The first week of August, the same week she came off ECMO. Yeah. Like, the worst time we had back there. That's life. ECMO is something that oxygenates her blood for her because it's a heart and lung bypass machine. It's Mm -hmm. life support. Life support. I mean, yeah. I don't really know. Um, I mean, I don't know. We heard a lot of the generic advice about like um, one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. (laughs) You know, ride the roller coaster. Love the highs. Block out the lows. You know, remember to take care of yourselves as well. And I mean, sure, all of those things are true, but I don't think hearing them more often or phrased differently would have made any greater impact on me the day before she was born if I could sit and have a conversation with myself. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that would really help me is 
No achievement. Knowing outcomes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the like, uncertainty is definitely the worst don't part. Don't feel I mean, guilty about leaving the NICU to see the sun. I mean, but you heard all that stuff, and I don't know that it still made it any easier because it goes against human nature to leave yeah. a newborn child yeah. behind. Absolutely. Like, I mean, so I, I don't know that that would have made that any easier. Um, I mean, there was a reason that for two months, one of us was at the hospital. Ten weeks, day. yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to make but, yeah. but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason we were there 24-7 for that period of time, you know. Well, what's, the, what's something that stood out in your mind that, like, actually helped during that time? Either that you guys did for each other or for yourself or that somebody did for you? What's, like, something that stands out to you guys that's, like, this whole time sucked, but this made it slightly better? There's nothing you really do to make it better, but the things that made it less stressful were when people just did things for us. Mm, without asking? Well, it, and things that you don't need to ask someone to do. Mm. Don't ask hey, me what I want to eat. Just send me a scene. I, dro- I dropped card. off a frozen lasagna at your door. It's good there for the next three hours. Just throw it in the freezer when you get home. Put it in the oven for two hours at 350, whenever you get. Oh, like, yeah. like uh, the stuff where, like, there's no thought on your part other than, like, this could be a meal for you. Or, hey... Let me know, or I'm going to come get Nate today for a few hours or whatever. Like, or, like, when grandparents would say, like, we're taking Nate today. Yeah, we're going to go to do this. We're going to go do it with him. You're not coming with us. You can both go to the hospital and be with Tilly, or you can both go have lunch and then be with Tilly. Just go. Just, we got this side. Like, and you don't have a choice in it. Um, as much as it sounds, like, overly aggressive is also position of a grandparent can say something like that. But, like, depending on your relationship with whoever it is, you know, we got terrible Domino's pizza one night, and, like, I still appreciated it. Just because the person didn't say, like, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? They just said, they want to know a day they can send you pizza. Just give us a date. It's going to be there for dinner. Domino's asked you that? No, like some, oh. literally, like, co-worker friend, of Friend of my mother's, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, so it was just, it was just, like, it wasn't a, like, what do you want it? It was just, like, we're going to send you that, and it's going to be... people sent, like, Starbucks gift cards or... Um, Grubhub gift cards. Like, the stuff where you, like, yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff is great. And you guys decided at some point to share this on Facebook with people, this whole experience. So we did fairly early, like... Well, yeah, Beginning of for older March. millennials on Facebook, so we're a little protective. <laughs> but... I think we did that because leaving Lesotho had really shown us that, like, there were going to be aspects of this that mm. we wanted friends and family to know about. It's clearly going to define a large part of our lives. Mm. Um, we are very open people. I mean, we're not, like, super extroverted, but we we are not the type of people that are, like, super reclusive either so it's not like we want don't want people to know why and how our life is going and you know i also like wanted to remove any like taboo around it or like make it clear that like um 
I don't know. I didn't want. We also saw that it could be a yeah. chance for us to share a good story that could help people. Yeah. Like we 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 saw our ability to be open about it as a positive thing. Um, and I think the other thing that like really resonated with me is that like people genuinely care. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, like, you don't realize how much to everyone. Some of the everyone, people who've been like yeah. the greatest source of support are like followed Tilly's story really closely and like reached out to us with private messages or whatever are people you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah, never expect. Right. Uh, Cece Cleveland, I always think of. She always yeah, but like people who like for some reason something about that story like really sticks with them and like I don't know stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean. <laughs> comes to this. I can't I don't even remember her name, so I'm not gonna mention it. But on the Facebook posts, my mom would take them and then oh, repost yeah. them on mm-hmm. her on her own know, Facebook page, which we, we let her do. We were saying yeah. so that her other friend uh, that she would talk to about like could hear it. And uh, this one lady, you know, God got you, girl. God got you every time. God got you. It being not really religious people ourselves, we loved it. For some reason, we really took to it. God got you. Well, I'm God sure a lot of people you. said they were praying for you, right? Well, yeah, and then then, then you hear, like, I got you. You got this. Like, the, the positive outside of it. You know, like, it's the same statement, but it's said in a way that, like, just resonated with us at some point. We'll still say that to each other. Don't worry, Tilly. Like, God got you. We'll see you tomorrow. Because <laughs> we have to leave our fucking child in the NICU. I mean, I have to say, like, having seen all the... <laughs> things that CHOP that I have at, in, you know, I know we're saying CHOP a lot, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, <laughs> having, you know, seen that, those are an amazing team of, of people, mm. and, mm. like, people is a hard word to even use for them, like, these beings, like, ethereal beings, <laughs> um, are just, like, really incredible, um, and I know it's hard to, like, are you, are you seeing her right now? She's she woke up. She woke up. Oh, she's not super convinced. I think she needs to be suctioned and convinced to go back to sleep. Oh gosh, one of my favorite things about she got a diuretic and two hours ago. She just got a wet. Oh, she You memorized your kids' med schedules. <laughs> I mean, you could. I could have looked like, up. I thought it was later than it was actually. Yeah. I was like, how oh, she? Why is she so rough at midnight? Oh no, two hours. I've been with Tabo four days. I already know more about his poo schedule than my own. He has one, I don't. So. <laughs> he poos in the evening, ma'am. I like, I'm like barely aware of what's going on. In the evening. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny. One of the first things that the um, receptionist said to me um, about when I came in this time to, to see Tilly was about Nate. And, you know, everybody knows this little kid. And this is such an interesting thing for me to witness on the outside and just like, how he has handled all of this, and this little kid is like a ball of joy, wants to go to the hospital to see his sister, is concerned about his sister, wants to bring toys to show his sister. Like, Tilly had no tape on her face. When she got her jeans <laughs> and didn't have the tape, like, he dreamed about her last night, you guys. I literally yeah. almost cried at the breakfast table this morning. <laughs> You know, because I'm, like, going through things that, you know, he could dream about, like, Paw Patrol. Dogs. Dogs. Drugs. And then I was like, well, what was it, buddy? And he's like, Tilly. And, you know, he says it like. Tilly. 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 Yeah. Tilly. 
And then we were doing Baby Shark in the bathtub today, and he kept saying, like, Teal! Oh, yeah, we do Tilly Teal! Shark. And I, I yeah. forgot Tilly Shark. Coco doesn't know about our, uh, our, our brush the teeth in the bathtub song, mm-hmm. which is the family. We do Baby Shark for the whole family. Baby Shark, Nathan Shark. Tilly, Tilly Fish. Because Tilly's a fish for some reason. She's a baby. Baby fish. It's the orange baby mm-hmm. fish. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense because that's... Daddy bad. shark, or mama shark, daddy shark. And then it goes, grandma shark, grandpa shark, nanny shark, bubba shark. Yeah. And then that's, that's, yeah. that's the... He pointed shark. to me tonight. I got nanny shark. It was yeah. a very big moment for me. It was my first when he add, When he adds you in to the shark song, yeah. I mean, I guess I've made it. You know, he understands that. <laughs> He's at that age for like the family. The shark, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And he loves to count. Just add more in. One... <laughs> well, and I mean, now it's, you know, you guys... Count, are, mama. You know, setting up your life here. You have a house and, like, you've, like, continued down the road, like, you know, and, like, just, like, reset up your entire life and are now looking for jobs. Well, I also would, like, I mean, we, what, what, what else did we have to do? Like, we knew we had to be back in the States. And oh, sit in the bottom of the shower and cry with a bottle of vodka. Yeah, yeah. Well, not that that didn't happen. Um... <laughs> Let me tell you how I reacted when I heard. I'm more of a beer drinker myself, but uh, I mean, well, then you think you think you think to yourself, so we have to be here in the states in order to take care of our daughter, and so what's our choice? We go through them. The first choice, obviously, stay in Philadelphia. Biggest selling point: hospital doesn't have to change. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we can stay close to the chop. And her middle name is literally Holly after the doctor who has been the head of her team. Yeah. Like, it, has a very deep connection uh, is an understatement. Another, I mean, another option is to go down to Houston. They have great support hospital there. Um, a little bit closer her to... Her brother and dad are... Some family. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the all, stepsister in te- we have like support in Texas. We have to change hospitals. Mm-hmm. Put the and then you, what if Hurricane Harvey hits again and you're talking about a kid on a vent, you know, that needs power, and you know, and then and we have to physically get her to Houston, and then getting her to Houston, which is ridiculously far away from Chop, which like she's not going anywhere that's less than a couple hours away on anything less than. A, helicopter at this point so um yeah and then dc dc was the other option but like okay i had family there but my parents are moving to florida so i guess we could consider florida but i mean it it basically boiled down to you 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 look at your options and philadelphia's theft well i mean dc was the best choice for work um but at the end of the day we were moving back to the united states for her yeah. <laughs> and for Tilly, the best option was Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the weird things is like whenever people ask us, like, we don't know when we moved to Philadelphia. Right, 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 right. So. I can tell you when I bought a house. Right, I, we bought a house. <laughs> so, I, I know that. Tell you when I uh, responded did some to the, the week Tilly got her trach put in, we bought a house. That's how we responded to that. I think that was like some sense of like. We knew we were here. Right, like. And she was going to come home. Well, and, like, this was going to be a long road, but at the end of the road, she was coming home. And we needed a place to call And we needed a place to put her. Yeah. So we bought a house. And we're now in the dining room. Um, Yeah. We still don't have any of our furniture from Lucy, too, but we're working on that. 
hey, the Harvard gets delivered Wednesday, or UAB. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, we. I don't know, I know how long I've been in Philadelphia, but I, I don't, don't know when we That's moved a little harder here. for me. How long yeah, have I been in Philadelphia? Well, that's a great question, because I was here, pets. and then I was gone, and then I was here, and then I went. <laughs> you have the pets now, right? Yeah. And, like, getting the pets back, I know, especially Nate never forgot his pets the entire time here. Let me see the blanket. She's shoving her hand in her mouth. She's trying to go back to sleep. Did she, like, throw the blankets over, like, I can't even. Not, almost. Oh, my God. You guys. She's so dramatic. I'm so um, excited for this It's great. I love it. I mean, oh, Nate loves Pennsylvania, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Nate, I think the first place Nate ever called home, like, verbally called home and used that word was the Ronald McDonald House in Philadelphia, which is strange. Um, well, the second place is our house and our home here. But this is the first place he's ever been like, okay, bye Bryce, bye Lucy, bye Jack-Jack, bye house. See you like, later. Included as like a member of our family was this house. Well, he has and his he, room here now. Yeah. And, and he, and he, and he says, see you, see you later. Like he knows he's going to come back to yeah. here. Like this is, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that was re- returning that sense of home and, and separate space was awesome for him. I also think buying a house in a city you don't have jobs in was a strange decision to make. But I think for Jordan and I, we're like, well, we've figured out the rest of 2019 to date. Seems, seems like seems it'll doable. be the, <laughs> This seems like it'll be the easy part. Because, um, and you know what? It kind of was, actually. But, like, at some point, like, you just have learned that, like, I don't know what it's going to look like, and I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know we'll figure it out. I know this is how I... confidence in yourself and, like, your family to be like, well, I mean, if the rest of that year didn't kill us, like... (laughs) Just just starting on my PA2 certification. Got my transcripts in. I'm now going to work on some other things. Coronavirus not helping, but that's just because paperwork is now slowed because... Fucking Corona. Stopping me from seeing my telecams again. (sighs) So rude. rude. I'm so show. glad you came. When I did? Yeah. When you, I mean, I know you got half the time you thought you would get, but you got I half. think she might have Katie. She oh, really? her Katie. So. She loves her Katie. So tell me, your both of you, pick one part of the past year that, like, something small, or it can be stupid or whatever, but something that has, like, really made you, like, smile about the entire experience. Like, what has made you laugh, smile, or think is, like, fucking hilarious? Until he smiled the first time. When she got her trach. When she got and her And she woke up. And within, oh, God, 48 hours, she looked at us and went, <laughs> and stuck her little tongue out and smiled. Because she was just so much happier oh, no. to no, no, be intubated, yeah. not be intubated. intubated. Yeah, to not have a tube down her throat to help her breathe, and you know, I think it also plays into a lot of my thoughts about people that are scared of medical care. Like, it was terrifying to have her have a tracheostomy. It, there has never been anything that we've ever done that has made her happier. I know. She needed the. She cannot breathe by herself. Well, she can't. She cannot respirate her blood by herself. She Without needs. Without a vent, she, her, she she would. She, she would needs slowly. Oxygen for sure, she would slowly suffocate. Would slowly right. deflate, yeah, she, but like. Yeah, yeah, but like, she needs this thing, 
And so her being able to have that without having a tube down her throat and making it made her so happy. She had still a tubes all over her face and she looked right at you. Was like, this is the best. I'm so happy to not have this. You can see, you can tell the exact time we traked her based on her like growth chart. It's just, um, it like changes trajectory. So of all things, it was like that first time she smiled and like I, I knew that I, we knew it was going to happen, but I was always a little bit reluctant. And I like, that's when I knew it was the best thing we could have done for her. People kept saying it, but you, you know, it's one of those things. People keep telling you, but you don't know until it happens. Yeah, of course. Um, it was the best thing that has happened to her life. And she has just the best, like, baby doll lips. And, like, when you get to just see him crack that smile, it's pretty incredible. Aubrey, what was yours? Next to yours. Uh, no, I don't know that I have like. Like one, per- it's hard to like narrow down one. Per- what are some things? Because even mine was list. not even particular. It was like a, 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 a single event that represented a lot of other things. It doesn't have to be an event. It can be like the nurses or like, you know, the, I don't know, whatever. The sheets mom makes or like what has like happened as a result of this? It's like, oh, this has made me smile on like or like this helps me laugh during the day while I'm like there like basically what advice can you give on like finding something and like the question is what have you found that like is a source of happiness in the midst of this extreme trauma yeah I mean I think little things like the sheets honestly mm-hmm. are very sweet and make me smile they make like, probably Tilly smile she yeah. likes textures a lot they, call they it- certainly make the does. nurses, the, everyone comments on them. They're very happy. Same with the, like, Tilly pod of music that you have on there. So things like that. I also think, um... You mean Nate's, the drunken Christmas one specifically, or just... I mean, absolutely, but, like, also the rest. Are you talking about for us, or for... T- <laughs> Continue on. I also think, though, something for me about, like, the way that through all of this experience... Nate understands that Tilly's his sister and a member of our family. Oh, yeah. So, like, how he's, like... Mm-hmm. Because it's not, like, an, he doesn't know that it's abnormal that babies are in the hospital I think that this is months. how he was born, for but, like, all we know. Nate yeah. is adamantly aware that, like, there are four people in his family, Mommy, Daddy, Nate, and Tilly. Yeah. And so, like, something about the fact that, like, I feel like we have to be doing something right as parents if, like... I don't know what it is. <laughs> if, like, our two-and-a-half-year-old knows that, like, she's a member of our family even though she's never slept under the same roof. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like... And he worries about her. Yeah. And he loves her. I don't like, he wants to share with yeah. her. Like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. He brought her daffodil so she got to touch a flower for the first time. Are you literally trying to make really <laughs> on this podcast? That's just me. Yeah, we Why would you say that? So, of course, we're in Philly, so we go to get Philly cheesesteaks at a, a, a fairly famous, <laughs> Philly, a fairly, like, well-known Delisandros. And so we, we go and we get some cheesesteaks and we sit at the counter and it's, like, super busy, but we find these two seats and, like, three seats, actually, Nate sits between us and it's, like, this cute little vent, like, Honestly, should have been on Instagram for their, like, to sell their cheese sticks. We go, and we go to the park to let them run around afterwards. And, yeah. It's like this little state park. And uh, also, the first place that Nate 
took a fist standing up. Good job, <laughs> little man. Um, we go to the lake. We just have fun. We run around the park, and then on the way out, you just there's daffodils there because it's yeah. He it's goes, never got cold. He, he goes, likes. He wants to smell them. He smells them. Yeah, and then he just grabbed one. He said, "For Tilly." Like literally, just looked him, looked at Aubrey, goes, "This is Tilly." <laughs> so okay, was like, "Okay, buddy," and I put it in my purse. No, I mean, yeah, but how? And then how, also a rock. He likes throwing the rocks into the stream. Oh, yeah, I had, had to give her a rock. It's a much more dude thing, but like, <laughs> flower and a rock, like, unbelievable, killing us as we're as we're like driving back to the hospital because because we knew we were going back to the hospital like. Because what we would do is it, we'd go to the hospital senior in the morning, we'd go out and we'd do something, you either have lunch. eyelashes, you're aware of that, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then we'd go back in the afternoon, and he knew we were going back in the afternoon to say bye to Tilly and, like, take care of her for a minute. And, yeah, he wanted to bring her a daffodil. You can't? Just can't even? It was, that's how we felt. In the immediate, that's exactly how we felt. <laughs> so, like, we made some phallus. We already. Just, I'm molting. I'm molting. <laughs> we, we already, we, we were, like, teary-eyed on the way home. I can't believe it. I just the Ugh. sweetest. You know, like, it's just, like, just I'm. lost three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> molting like a bird. I literally can't talk right now. Okay, glad I asked that question. Um, You're fine. I need to close Okay. Um, good. So, what is the next six months like for you? Just talk for a while so I have a moment. Do you just want us to end the podcast? No, just talk for a second. I do want to know what the next six months, like, what do you guys... So, we don't play that game. I could have never predicted... A year yeah, ago. Yeah, short term is a fool's game, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to think before the six months, next six months is over, Tilly will be out of the hospital, but I don't play that game. She might not be. You know, I mean. I feel like we operate much like the, the Soviet Union on five year plans. Yeah. Which was like where we started. This is sort of how we ended up living here. It's just like, we were like, so let's look at the next five years. What does it entail? It entails us. Making sure Tilly has the right health care she needs. That Finding Nate a place feels that feels like he has a home. Nate feels like he has a home. We're gonna need to make sure that they have a decent school system because Tilly's gonna need early intervention for things, and Nate's gonna probably start school, and we're gonna need to make sure there's access to the outside and like and so we started a search for a house, basically thinking of all these things that we knew we would need in the next five years. And we found a place that mm, Met it. We have learned to not solve problems that don't exist yet, mm. and not worry about problems that don't exist yet. And that, I, I would, I would say, like to people, if you want to do chunks. that, <laughs> take it in a bigger chunk. Right? Look at the next five years, because mm. then you're not going to worry about problems. You're going to be worrying about a trajectory. Like, where do you want to be? I want in five years. I, I want my healthy daughter and healthy son to be getting good educations and in a good place where we might be able to 
then change what we want to do. You know, like so if we, we want to go back abroad or if we want to do like we 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 could be more I mean, flexible. Five years that's a possibility for Tilly, right? Like we <laughs> no, well, well, that's don't the point is that we don't even know. So like, the idea is to put us. So when you start thinking in don't those big chunks, yeah, yeah, exactly. Theoretically. So when you're thinking, you're don't thinking in big game. chunks. Maybe, but I'm not. I have what, legitimately played that game and like then some. Yeah. So well, I mean, you do in your head when you're just sitting and yeah. thinking, but I'm saying, like, when you're thinking about five-year chunks, you don't, th- you don't say, what's going to happen at the end of five years? You go, I just want to get I want to get to the point at the end of five years where I have my healthy kids being well-educated and making sure we're comfortable, like, and so that's what we're working towards. Like, it's... But I think yeah, what you'll hear is Jordan didn't mention our jobs. So I think it was difficult. Like, we mm-hmm. moved over to Lesotho for my job. I loved my job. Very good at my job. Jordan loved his job and was very good at his job. But, like, the acknowledgement that, like, our job's not the focus for the yeah, next five years. it was the children. Right. And so it's like, okay, so we're moving to a city where we don't have jobs and where the job prospects aren't what they would be for us other places. But that's not the priority right now it, it might be again down mm-hmm. the line but it's not for the next five years the next five years priority is like making sure tilly has access to chop and making sure nate feels loved and stable and has a home and then and tilly feels that's a good place you can start school and stuff because you might have right. to do that you know like and like that was that was like it just it boiled down to that jordan can find work he's a teacher he can work i can figure out remote work we'll we'll figure out the job well, but you're talking about you know but, philadelphia it's not right. like here Victoria, Texas. Sorry, <laughs> I was Love you. Winona, whatever the commercial, Winona Ryder for Winona, Wisconsin or something. No, Winona, whatever. North I don't Dakota. Have actual television. I'm a millennial. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So we're right in the middle of everything. So I was, I would have been way more concerned about trying to find work in Houston. Why? It's te- Actually, as a teacher, time. probably not. They'd probably let just anyone with yeah. a gun walk in and teach people. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> Sorry. That was really mean. <laughs> I love Texans. I really uh, do. You have yes. too many guns. <laughs> and good barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> not good barbecue. Great, Great barbecue. barbecue. Oh, let me see. Oh, my God. She's literally hidden away from the world. With a giant ladybug, oh, lovey. She breaks me every time. Okay. Last thoughts on how to deal with something that changes your entire life in an instant. Take it in strides. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things I had to make clear to everyone is that, like, I am processing this for me. Don't worry about other people. And like, I could not process this for worry my about mother, you my and sister. your family. And if someone... And that does, that's, it's not your job to. And if someone feels, is making you feel like, is like adding to your stress in a situation like this. You need to tell them. You need to tell them. Just be very forward about how you feel and about how you can't deal with it. And, you know, it may create rifts in people, but what we found is that when you say that to people... They are decent human beings because I feel like when it comes people, down to it, everyone's a decent human people being. People weren't. Yeah. No one was trying to add to your stress. Exactly. They, people try to help in different ways. So my mother stayed with us for two months this summer and used to 
all the time be like, what do you want to eat? Okay, so I'm not a stress eater. When I'm stressed, I literally couldn't remember to eat or drink water at all and do if it's like around me sometimes. But I'm bad with water. I don't but I will know. eat anything. I don't care what I'm eating. Like, I'm constantly holding my phone, waiting for a call from the hospital that my child's in distress. I don't care what I'm eating for dinner. And so just being clear, like, I don't have a secret desire for some food I'm not sharing with you. That's not it. I am out of fucks. And that just didn't make the cut. Right. So please just put food on the table. I will literally eat anything. That's it. And so she did. Great. She went back to old classics, would make me, like, my favorite foods from when I was there a There was kid. a point where she really hit a good rhythm. There was some like, tight dinners. Let me tell like, you, she just started getting into the flow of it, like, true Midwestern cooking. There was some good shit coming down. And I appreciated it oh, more no than doubt. I can say, but I, I couldn't care. And just being clear, like, I... You, you know our mother, like, you I have know. to just be like, it's, it's, I don't have, she thinks you have some, like, secret wish and you don't want to tell her to hurt her, I didn't. I don't care. I can't process anything like that. Just have food available. I don't know when I'll eat it, but have it there. Mm-hmm. Um, same with taking care of Nate. Anyone who made sure that Nate felt special and that Nate felt important during that time period, because particularly at the beginning when Tilly was so unstable... I felt like I couldn't do a good job of that, and it made me feel sad. But, like, yep. you know, I felt like I was prioritizing one of my kids over the other. And, I mean, when it's literally we a life and death it, situation. Yeah. It's, but, like, I think any time someone went out of their way to make Nate have a special day, it, that really helped me feel less mom guilt over the fact that, like, I wasn't seeing him very much. Right. Um, so don't be afraid to genuinely take people up on offers of help Mm. um people want to help Mm. and take Um, them up on the really simple offers of help can i watch your kid at some point can i cook you dinner at some point and be direct about what you want and if they start asking you questions just reiterate that we've had co-workers (laughs) back from lesotho who like hunted down like a couple of good beer restaurants in philly and just like sent us gift cards to them didn't ask, just like, or like sent a bunch of candy one time that we could eat in the NICU with like the nurses. Just like little things. Um, like, just didn't ask, just did it. Um, or like, I feel like you and Joey and Lauren have been great about like sending little gifts for Nate, like something to make him feel special. Um, My parents got him that subscription to the like koala box or whatever. Jordan, so, like, yeah. yeah, so like, gives Jordan's him like parents activity. and our parents have been. Really, really wonderful, especially about it's those me. little things that, like, yeah. with, especially when if you have another kid, like, when you need that extra help to keep him entertained and um, felt important, you know, because the poor guy's just the best. He's so special, it's hard to, like, even consider He's, that. Yeah, like, it's hard to think of how I had two kids and I ended up with the two best kids in the whole damn world. I don't I know, even know how that ended up happening. The luckiest auntie ever. I got Tabo, Alice, and Tilly. Don't know what I did. Oh gosh, the cats. I think you also like you don't have to talk to a lot of people about the day to day, like what you're going through. But I think Jordan and I had to talk to each other. Yeah. Not at nauseum, not whatever. But like, if something happened that really, no one else it is really riding helped. the roller coaster with you the way it your really helped is. to have that person right next to you. Yeah. Um, 
especially when it came down to really technical aspects. Yeah. Uh, at least for or me. Or really difficult like, aspects. Or really difficult. Like, uh, Aubrey is much better. Right? Aubrey is much better at technical stuff. She remembers the numbers and stuff. That's great. It helps me out a lot in being able to remember, like, her dosages on stuff and, like, but I even other things, that. like people who can help you process like some of the truly horrifying shit you have to see in a NICU over nine months. Um, Just the other day, we were sitting hanging out with Tilly. She's doing great. I'm holding her, playing with her, just in her bed. She's really... about to go to her GJ surgery. So we're Yeah, all so I'm just there. like, I'm playing with her. I'm just hanging out with her. And there's a Coke Blue on a bed just right next to us and... You know, I don't know. People know what Code Blue is. It yeah. basically is like everything is going to hell, yeah. and we need every possible hand we can. They hit a button right here. Fifty people to solve this problem, or someone's going to die. Yeah. Um, and you know that's what's happening. <laughs> Just described it, and I'm sitting there holding, you know, with my daughter in her bed, holding her slash, had playing with her on her bed, and just. Being like, hey, it's okay, Tilly. We're trying to calm down. Nate's in the corner with Aubrey. She's, I think you're pumping uh-huh. or something. And like, of course, they're doing their best. They can't they set up a shield for us. Well, like, there's literally 35 people crowding around this one pod to try to help this baby. He's um, fine. He's doing great. Now. Yeah, no, he's fine. Now. I will. I will say that. Well, um, this happens. Code Blues happens for a, a lot thing. of reasons. Um, you know, just. Sometimes they just need a lot of hands to come help them so that they can solve a problem that could have been fixed. You know, like, it's not always as crucial as it can be. But, like, you're sitting there listening to it, and it's going off. It's going off. It's going off. And it's going off. And it just seems like it never ends. But, you know, it doesn't last that long because you're all in your head at that point. But that sort of stuff, like, it sticks with you. Well, it always seems so near, right? I mean, you... But, like, it's... I don't know. Talking through those type of experiences, like, you know they're going to stick with you, and it's important to, like, talk through them with your spouse. Because you need someone else who can even kind of relate to, like, the weird emotions you know you went through when all that happened. Um... Yeah, exactly. Like, you talk through it. Like, I think right after that happened, we went, she went up to surgery, and you stayed, but we went out and, like, talked for, no, I left, that's right, no, we talked about it um, on the phone or something later, I was just like, or next day, I was just like, like, that's why we need to get the hell out of here, I can't deal with another code blue, I cannot deal with another another code blue. Another have to go on life support after Tilly came off. Um, the first time a baby we knew died, the first time, like, all that stuff happened, like, you need someone else you can, like, yeah. digest that with. Yeah. I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anything like that's yeah. going to stick with you, but especially when your child's in the next bed, and, yeah. you know, it seems... Yeah, it's, it's But talking you, about yeah. it. Don't refrain from talking about it. You don't have to talk about it with everyone, I'm not saying that, but, like... <laughs> Um, but the person you trust and the yeah. person you feel like you can talk about it with. Yeah, I mean, whether that's a spouse or a best friend or a parent yeah. or whatever. You Therapist, know, whoever. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, I think the nurses have been really good for you guys with that as well because they've 
been with you guys through so many incidents that, you know, it's nice to be able... You're not confining at that point. You're reminiscing. You're yeah. discussing, right? <laughs> the cat just literally jumped up mid-air. What is that? Water. For me squirting him with the water uh, gun. Um, like, launched himself on me. <laughs> just clawing. Yeah. Poor Belle's like, this bitch is crazy. I think, I think this is the longest tea with cocoa it's ever had. It should be called drinks with cocoa. It's not the longest, for sure. When Tammy talked about her experience as a woman at HP from 1980 to 2000. I can only... I can only... Much longer. I won't say more distressing. I can only imagine. It's always interesting shit. Um, but thank you guys can both you, for coming on and it talking with me. <laughs> And talking with everybody about it because do I we, think you guys are just amazing and how you dealt with something that I truthfully don't know how I would have or if I could have. And I think the other reason we've tried to talk about it, I mean, Jordan says like we're relatively open people, and I think we are. I think, I think we're both relatively blunt people. I was um, so if people ask, I will always answer openly, but I'm probably not going to share unprompted. But I think we actually have about Tilly because. Um, not overshared, we like started a private Facebook group so people who wanted to have more information could. But um, to just, I don't know, I feel like we try to take opportunities to remind people that um, it takes a village, even if you don't want to admit it, hmm. um, the importance of going to regular doctor's visits because the only reason Tilly's alive is because we knew prenatally she had this condition and she was born in a special delivery unit of one of the best children's hospitals in the world, and within a minute of being born was intubated, and within six hours of it was on life support. And so, like, that that's the only reason she's almost nine months old, is because we knew ahead of time. Um, Please go to your appointments. But stuff like that. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, and just being in awe of medical care that is available. Um, and then the fact that, like, I don't know, I feel like the news and social media is so overwhelmed with really, really negative stories. And Tilly's story has been a roller coaster of things, but I think one of the messages that, like, resonated through all of it is that, like, there are some damn amazing people. Like, every person we encountered in mm. the U.S. government to help us get to CHOP so quickly. Yeah. Um, the humanity of people through this whole situation. Finding the Ronald McDonald House and, like, we basically lost our medical medical evacuation coverage like during a horribly distressful time for Tilly when she was struggling probably the most of any two, three-week time period back in the NICU. Oh, yeah, during the long um, night, right? And then yeah. we, like, moved into the Ronald McDonald house and just, like, the support they could give Nate and, like, the truly, like, they weren't an apartment we were crashing at. They were a home and... You know, really having mm. that, like, mm. social support for Nate and for our family and stuff like that. And um, then, like, our parents and siblings and close friends and stuff like that who, like, that, I mean, maybe Jordan and I could have done it, just the two of us with Nate, but, like, we're forever grateful we didn't have to. Yeah. And so don't be afraid to let people help you. Like, they genuinely want to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a huge yeah. piece of advice. People want to help, let them help. Trust, trust that they and pay it forward. Then, like, yeah. look for opportunities that, to help yeah. other people. And and know that when these situations arise, 
there is no bipartisanship. <laughs> Everyone is just wanting for the humanity side of that. Like, like just wanting for you to come out of this in a positive way. And we, we felt that pretty hard. Like, from people we worked with, from the people that just we touched base with in order to get some paperwork done. Like... I know Tilly has fans and people who, like, have it all sent her, like, love and support from all, all ends of the globe. Absolutely. People who we don't know, who, like, are parents or friends of coworkers or friends of ours. Um, I mean, people you don't know comment on the pictures I post. Right. Like, I'm sure it's, like, it's a, I'm like, sure it's, like, incredible. like, some sort of, like, tacky thing to say, but, like, there were points when I would just start scrolling through those posts and seeing who would say something just because I needed a little more support. And you know what? What made me feel good while I was doing that was that it just kept scrolling. And you're talking about dozens of comments on a post about Tilly and you just keep going and reading positive messages about it. And like when you hit about the 50th one, you go, well, that was what I needed. And I don't need it anymore. You're and there's right. still she more. Does have this, like yeah, yeah. Or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, and so it's like no matter what it was, like it's just like there were 50 people that were willing to say something on this. There were only like 150 people in the damn group. <laughs> so yeah, it's it matters, you know. So if you feel inclined to make a comment on a post that. You're welcome to do so. So things do like it. if something touches you, there's a reason. Like yeah, reach Share out it. to. I've had like like I was pointing about God got you. She yeah. did nothing else but write God yeah. got you on a post that wasn't even ours, and that mattered to us. You know, like I just think you'll never know. Like sharing stories like that or being open about a tough situation. Like even if you don't think it's mattering to people, like I'll never forget. Right around Christmas time, I had like a coworker I worked with ten years ago send me a private message and just be like, hey, I just want... She's not in Tilly's Facebook group. She's not that close. I don't think maybe she is. I don't think she is. But wrote me a message and saying basically like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, like, I've been thinking of you all year and, like, cheering your family on from afar and, like, um, you know, the post you wrote over Thanksgiving about, like, the Ronald McDonald House and, like, the impact they had really touched me. So this year for Christmas, like, I made a donation in your family's honor to Ronald McDonald. So, like, just little things like that. Like, literally a co-worker from, like, 10 years ago. So, like, you don't know what impact you're having, like, spillover impact you're having Absolutely. on people. Um, and that's just someone who wrote me and let me know. I know there's other people who, I don't know, I've gotten strange messages from, like, all aspects of my life from people who yeah. have been, like, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, tell these stories, like, you know, really stuff. I'm doing with this me because and, of it or whatever right. or Oh, I no, mean, we're thinking of you. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, think of the positive impact Tilly has had on humanity right now, and she's freaking nine months old, eight months old. You have to pee. <laughs> Go for it, buddy. <laughs> we're not judging. He had like a solid two beers during this podcast. Three, I'd be uh, three. All right. I was like, I'd be surprised if he didn't have to be. <laughs> No, but I think about, like, the awesome positive impact that she's had, and it's, she's been, you know, here for less than nine months, and she's made the world a better place already, which is, I mean, I guess you could argue all children have, but the level um, of impact she's had in all of our lives is pretty incredible to think about as a positive thing, right? Because obviously it's been hard to 
even see it from afar. Well, I think she has a pretty rare condition and was on the most severe side of kids that they've kept alive with this condition. And I think, like, the doctors at CHOP have made it clear that they've learned a lot from, like, the protocols they followed with Tilly, things that have worked, things that have haven't um, worked, things she's, the order they've done things in, things they've, you know, changed up or what she's tolerated. I don't know, all these medical things that I actually can speak at nauseam about now, but um, I will spare everyone that. But, um, and so I think they would be, I think they've learned a lot about, like, approaches they could take. And so while I don't think any parent wants their child to be the N of one, like they mm-hmm. always describe Tilly, sometimes an N of two, there's another kid who there's some similarities with. But that's not a huge number, <laughs> um, one or two. Um, and so, you know, no one wants to be the parent of that kid, but someone has to be the parent of that kid. And I hope moving forward the kids that come after um, there's less of a learning curve and they're more willing to be like, oh, well, remember Tilly? This worked for her. Let's try that. So, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to forget Tilly. I knew, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. Her name will live in infamy yeah. at Job Hospital and then beyond for sure. She has a little bit of a reputation. I mean, she has like bright copper hair, big blue eyes, and the sassiest personality I've ever met in a child. So. You're welcome, world. That's her face. Yes, that Chilling is her up. face. Jordan's <laughs> making her face. Um, are we not washing our hands instead? And yes, podcast, I'm washing my hands, <laughs> as you should. 20 seconds. Uh, we timed you. I could go back and look at the timestamp to see if you're going to give us coronavirus or not. Not necessarily good 20 seconds, but I wash them probably about 50 times a day. Does that matter? <laughs> I don't know what the math is on that one, but... <laughs> well, thank you both for coming and talking about this. I think, you know, it's something that I'm really proud of both of you for, and I'm happy to maybe get some... Don't do that! I'm not going to cry! It's on the inside like a winner. Just don't look at me. Uh, I think it still makes me uncomfortable when everyone says, like, they're yeah. proud of me for handling It's like this. every woman I've ever had sex with. <laughs> Don't look at me. Oh, I was like, you're proud of me for finishing? Don't look at me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, different, different way there. Um, that's your husband, Aubrey. Just let me know. Bad attempts at you. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Look at me in the eyeball with your eyeballs. By the way, Tabo tonight said you have red eyes. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> way to go, vampire. <laughs> Only when daddy makes bad jokes. <laughs> I'm like, has mama not been sleeping? <laughs> Does mama have red eyes? <laughs> sure she has. But I'm fucking proud of you. Like, you're a bomb-ass bitch, so just take it. Take it. And love it. I'm just going to get you one of those little desk things that say it. And then it's going to have a balloon attached to it that says, I'm proud of you, that will sing. So, kind of like the counted cross-stitch thing I left in my infant daughter's Nikki pie that says, kindly fuck off. Is that what you're saying to me now? Yes. That's what I'm saying all the time. <laughs> well, I'll consider it and then usually not do it, which is what I always do for you all the time. Because I love you. Mm-hmm. This is true, too. You're going to take that. I might hug you after this. Ooh. Yep. Mm. With my arms. Mm. With my arms <laughs> and my body. And my body. 
full body hug. No, please. <laughs> well, I hey, listen, you're not getting a full body hug before me. She's like, no one's getting a hug. I have to pee. No, please. So I'll, I'll do that, and then I'm going to hug you. I'll wash my hands for 20 seconds, so I'll count. Promise. All right, I love you guys. Thank you. Of course. You should do a podcast on how you've handled this last year. Oh, that's pr- I can sum that up in like 20 seconds. Uh, crying alone. <laughs> crying alone in the dark. Drinking. Trying very hard never to let Aubrey see me cry in any capacity, especially in the NICU, ever. Never talking. To Aubrey or Jordan about how I feel about this in any capacity ever because they don't need that shit. And um, trying to be as ridiculously creative in a mock uncomfortable way as I can. That is Actually, how I pretty legit. Mock uncomfortable. I think you also should talk about some, some uh, purchasing habits with jewelry and hats, maybe. Okay, listen. <laughs> Let's just say Tilly has more. Expensive of a wardrobe than me already. She's also Courtney really- also impulse purchased. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, I also got her and Alice matching Cinderella crystal Shaborsky necklaces for their first birthdays. Well, her or Alice's second. I have one that matches too. Look, don't, right, I'm out on this podcast. Don't, don't, don't. Peace, America. <laughs> That is how I dealt with it. Crystal necklaces. Crying wine and uh, weird art projects and just buying everything I want for them. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not saying a word. I have literally spent over $100 on puzzles and books for Nate in the past week. I don't give a fuck. Yep. I love it. You factor in the amount of ice cream and sweets I've given that kid as well into the one fifty. He's got an appetite. He has expensive <laughs> taste in ice cream. Don't give me It's two dollars extra for a small amount of rainbow sprinkles. Yeah, we don't get him sprinkles. Auntie does. <laughs> Auntie gets him them because he wants them. Yep. Yeah, I told you, raising kids is super easy when you have disposable income and don't have to work all day. I don't know what people are complaining about. You were independently wealthy. (laughs) And nothing to do. Awesome. Didn't have to explain to their pediatrician. So what's their diet? Well, I get the sprinkles. Listen, it's really diverse. I get the sprinkles. What did they need today? Berries and ice cream. Okay. Well, this is actually We're going to need to find some protein. (laughs) I did get half a carrot, which is basically sugar, and two bites of grilled cheese sandwich and popcorn. I'm proud of this entire day. My child is completely malnourished. (laughs) And chocolate milk. Oh, no, actually. So he wouldn't drink my wine that he had no breakdown over me not sharing. I rest my case. <laughs> well, you know what? Everything else you fucking get is shared with him immediately. That's true. Yeah, this is Auntie's drink. This is what happens with Pop Pop. Pop Pop can literally not have a drink in front of Nate because he shares too much crap. Well, one day Nate and I will have a discussion about what is technically worse for you, soda or wine, and I can tell you who's going to win that. We tell him no. He's tried to ask for our beers before or something. No, it's mommy and daddy drink. Can't happen. Oh, I thought you were going to say you gave it to him. I'm like, this is being recorded. (laughs) Listen to that. All right, and with that, I love you. (laughs) I love you.
And um, she's gonna be fun. You could pay me back by letting me enroll Nate in MasterChef Junior and be Tilly's agent to model. We can pay you back by paying you to do stuff for you? No, I will do stuff for you. Make you your children get 2%. Love you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 